I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Now let's get to the Origin preview. Tedesco v Walsh. So we're basically going to go through positions, matchups, look at their stats. You know, stats aren't everything, guys. So we're not going to, you know, hang everything on the stats. But just give a, a kind of a broad eye, bird's eye view of how they're going this year and then match them up. Tedesco versus Walsh. <clears throat> Tedesco, 10 games, three tries, four try assists, 50 tackle breaks, six line breaks, averaging 170 metres. Walsh. <clears throat> 11 games, 4 tries, 13 try assists, 61 tackle breaks, 8 line breaks, 152 average metres. Uh, I guess it's... Look, you could argue that Roosters haven't been going as well this year, but, I mean, I guess it's pretty clear, at least statistically, Walsh has probably been the best fullback in the comp this year so far, form-wise. I know it's not fair to do so, but, I mean, if you were to just take out the try assists, though, considering how poor it feels like Tedesco's gone so far this year, pretty close outside of that, isn't it? Mm. Like, I wouldn't have expected Teddy to be in the same realm as Walsh as far as tackle breaks, line breaks, all those sort of things. So um, I can't believe the amount of New South Wales people that are questioning Teddy's selection. It is. What? Is that actually a thing? Oh, like, it's a small minority. It's a loud minority, to be fair, but I just I can't even fathom how you could possibly consider ever leaving Teddy out of a side or even questioning his spot in the side. That's crazy talk. If he'd come back from an injury last week, I would still pick Teddy without He has been seriously one of the most consistent origin players of all time. Yes. Of all time. He's up there with any player in regards to consistency outside of, you know, obviously that Queensland great run, but that was, you're talking about like an anomaly. Like, tell me a New South Welshman ever that's been as consistent as Teddy has been at Origin. I mean, like me and Matty were talking on Friday. We were watching him just addressing the team and just how, like, everyone felt silent. As soon as Teddy, Teddy started to talk, and we're just saying, geez, wasn't that long ago he was a flashy fullback out of the West Tigers who was injury prone? And now he's the Australian captain, the New South Wales captain. Like, his journey has been incredible, Teddy. Oh, it's been amazing. Like, seriously amazing. Now, what's what I love about these two as a matchup is does that surprise you at all, Timmy? The fact that Reese Walsh is, uh, 
I I actually thought the stats would be far more skewed towards Walsh. You look at all those numbers. The try assist is the one that stands out like dogs nuts. Four mm. try assists for Teddy, Walsh 13. Mm. Outside of that, with Teddy playing a game less, they're all pretty similar. And then you add in an extra 18 metres per game for Teddy. So Teddy having seemingly had a terrible year by his standards and Walsh being, as you said, arguably the form fullback in the NRL, mm. I thought there would have been a bigger difference in the stats. Especially when you get, like, to me, I, I feel like Reese Walsh hasn't been out of position in 11 weeks. I feel mm. like Teddy hasn't been in position. Mm. For 10 weeks So for it to be as close as it is I'm, I'm surprised Shows you how that. good Teddy is uh, Exactly Yeah, yeah that, that's like the People point. are calling yeah. for his head And he is Stats aren't That much worse Like obviously The, the tri-assist one is Something that stands out Quite a bit But they're not like That much worse Than the guy That everyone is, is Just raving over Yeah um, Now What is most interesting About this matchup Is they couldn't be More different as players They couldn't be more different um, You'd say Tedesco more about the contact, getting, you know, hit-ups, a lot of metres. Whereas, obviously, Walsh, even though he has a lot of tackle breaks, it's usually because of footwork and speed rather than physicality and strength. Where do you think the game you're going to... Where do you think the game is, I guess, going to be won for Tedesco and, and Walsh? Well, I, I think, Teddy, you know, just the work he does through the middle, it is, it's just about unmatched in rugby league and it might not always be reflected in stats and whatnot, but what Teddy brings to a footy side is just an incredible player. Reese Walsh, though, I'm so interested to see how he goes in the Origin Arena. Um, I know that when he was at the Warriors, a lot of people went after him, a lot of people bagged him. I think you and me especially have always been so high on Reese Walsh. The thing I've always loved about him is that he's just... He could make 10 mistakes. He's not afraid to make the 11th. Mm. He just goes after the game. And that's I think that's the mindset you need in the origin arena. You even have a look over the last few weeks and the games <laughs> they've lost. Like there was, you know, he tried to do a one-on-one -on -one strip a couple of weeks ago. They got penalised. But his mindset isn't, oh, get down there, lead the kick chase, make this tackle. It's, fuck it, how can I win this game of football mm. now? Yeah. There was a couple of weeks later where, you know, he'd made a tackle that was over the trial and I've, I've never seen anyone else do it. He dragged the player into the end goals to make it look like he was in the process of scoring to try and get the ball out. <laughs> Penalty, once again, didn't go his way. But I love that mindset that Reese Walsh has. There was a game, I think it was actually against the Broncos last year, Kempi, where the Warriors, really close game. He had about four shots of field goal. Mm. He missed all of them. Yeah. Wasn't hitting them well. But when someone needed to take a fifth shot at field goal, Reese Walsh went, I want it to be me. Yeah. I want the ball in my hands. Yeah. And that's what I love about him. He's going to make his mistakes. I have no doubt he's going to make mistakes on Wednesday <coughs> night. But he's, he's never going to stop coming at you. Mm. I'm so excited to see how he goes. Yeah, it's, it's such a interesting situation with Walsh because if there's one arena where one mistake can literally cost you the game, it's Origin Arena. And I wonder what Billy Slater is saying to him to try to balance out that mm. crazy just attack, attack. Because if there's one fullback that can relate to Billy uh, to Walsh, it's Billy Slater. Like, that's what he was. Attack, attack, attack. Never just fall, dive on a ball. Always sprint full speed, try to pick it up and break the line. Um, so it, it, is, it is... I will say, if the Queensland forwards can dominate and give, like, good field position, quick play the balls... I think he's going to cause havoc on your edges. That's what really worries me. Um, mate, when, when, when we saw Payne Haas go down the other night, I just had flashes to Reese Walsh mm. just getting on the front foot and just cutting us to pieces mm. straight away. I, yeah, if your pack, which I personally think form-wise, your, your pack's going better than ours is at the moment, like guys you're leaving out like Corey Horsburgh and them, <clears throat> I really do... <clears throat> Jesus. I think it could take <laughs> Reese Walsh a long way. Tim, Timmy? something. Yeah, uh, Queensland, 
who I despise with all my life when it comes to State of Origin time, like all passionate Blues supporters, they've always had this number one spot that ties in three of my favourite players of all time to watch, and it's KP, Reese Walsh, Billy Slater, and I can't not like them. I just I love them so much at club level. The brand of footy they play, it's a combination. Like Everyone loves uh, a, a player with speed because mm. they're exciting to watch. For me, it's cool. Like There's a lot of fast players in their game, whatever. But when it's the combination of having that speed and being able to ball play at an elite level at that pace, that's where I just sit back and go, I love watching that footy. That's as good as it gets for me, and that's what Reese Walsh has. So between him, KP, and Billy Slater over the years, it's hard to get into this arena and like wanting so desperately for Reese Walsh to go well at the top tier of our game and hopefully in future for Australia, but wanting him to go so bad as a blue supporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's the question mark, isn't it? What Reese Walsh could single handedly win you this game or, you know, looking very glass half empty, you could lose you this game because he's going into an arena that we haven't seen him in. So how's he going to perform? Mm. I'm with you, boys. He'll be fine. He's a star, but even every star in their first few games on the big stage, it can take time. Mm. You know, it's a big arena. How will he handle the hype? It's. It's exciting. It's very exciting. But he, at the yeah. same time, he also is the same sort of kid that we could be sitting here. I could be sitting there at 10 p.m. Wednesday night going, fuck, another one that's just made for Origin. Mm. Yeah, those big moments, big plays. Yeah. You know, like Selwyn Cobbo just comes in and has that, you know, outside of that play, some good runs, <clears throat> handle the physicality of it. But just that one play where he dummies, then drops the ball to his foot, grubbers inside on debut. Like, that's a big moment. There, there's some guys that get picked for origin sometimes, and I think, Jesus, the stage going to be too big for them. As much as Walsh might make mistakes, I don't think the stage will be too big for him. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think he's going to attack the game. Again, That this, the glass half-empty look is, is just that error. But I tell you what, if he, if he finds that perfect balance between you know, attack, attack, attack. Origin is a game where if you've got players that can create space and break tackles or even create moments that don't exist, like that's that's game changer stuff. That's that's uh, It's so hard to find in Origin because there is no space for anything. Yeah. And Reese is the guy that, at least at club land, we don't know it uh, in our old land, he creates space. And what, what excites me and terrifies me <clears throat> as New South Welshman regarding Walsh is, we know the style of football that Billy Slater was, and he won't want to put any doubts in Reese Walsh's mind. Like, we're, we, we see him probably at times attack a little bit too much at club level, and it can lead to errors. And you think, oh, maybe he goes and says, mate, still attack, but just, you know, maybe rein in a little bit. Billy Slater's not going to say that. Billy Slater's going, mate, go all in. You see an opportunity, you take it. Mm. Because that's what Billy would have done. That's what Reese Walsh is going to do, and we'll see how it pays off. And that's what scares me about Reese Walsh getting selected <laughs> is that Billy had the option to play it safe and go with KP. Mm. Billy had the option to pick a guy that, one, he knows he can get the best out of. Two, he's played origin football with, and he's decided to go down the Reese Walsh avenue. <sighs> Billy Slater, who's forgotten more about origin than I know, must be confident in this kid to do mm. a job. Man, it's so interesting because then you go, on the flip side, Tedesco is a guy that's going to take hit-ups off the ruck. He's going to be constantly around the ruck, sneaking, um, you know, sneakily, I guess. Uh, he's so good at guarding where he is so you don't actually know where he's going to pop up. Mm. When, you're, when you're a defensive side looking at the ruck, sometimes fullbacks make it super obvious as, as to where they are, where they plan to be. Whereas Tedesco is so erratic and his footwork is so good that he just his first 10 minutes, like his top speed 
is not that impressive. But his first 10 metres is, or even first five metres, yeah. is electric. And so that's where, when you look at your forward pack, Payne Haas has an offload. Tavita Pangar Jr. definitely has an offload. Paolo definitely has an offload. You start to go, maybe there is a game plan being created around the ruck with Tedesco just off the back of those boys just constantly and then just on front foot footy. And so that's where you see Tedesco. He's still got the silkiness of ball playing. I would argue Walsh is a silkier ball player, but around the ruck in regards to work rate, I say Tedesco's got, got the win there. And that will be the game plan, mate. It'll be mm. 2021. It, it, obviously now with Latrell out, it takes away from it a little bit, but it'll be having Tommy as that second roaming fullback and James Tedesco and all these lightning quick players around. Even uh, Damien Cork back in 2021 where we saw the offload and he'd get and just take off. It'll be looking for that second phase play and Teddy be ready to go when it does. Where do, where do you see Teddy... I mean, the obvious answer, we've seen it so much. Where, where do you see Teddy injecting himself and how? Yeah, oh, I think um, through the middle. I, I, like when, when we were watching them train the other day, you just, like <laughs> Tedesco is just everywhere on every single play. Like mm. wherever the ball is, he is next to it. They're like he, he must be such a fit human being. Mm. It's just insane, especially with the muscle mass he carries. He's like he's a he's pretty big. He's and mate, his like his torso is huge. Mm. Like his, his <coughs> core must be off the charts. He's probably it's like similar with Minicello, like they were gymnasts. Yeah, yeah. and so they just had this crazy pound for pound strength. Uh, Tedesco's literally right up there, right up there. I think you know the the obvious one with Teddy though is that you know no matter what big stage it is in rugby league, experience always matters, mm. and no one's got more of it than Teddy. Mm. It's going to be, yeah, cannot wait for this matchup. Cannot wait. Teddy versus Walsh. Game one. Adelaide. Now, onto the wingers. Any more to add on the fullbacks there, boys? Onto the wingers. You've got Toa and Adokar versus Cobo and Tualangi. So, do we have. So, Cobo will be on the left against Cut Car? Okay, so we'll go Cobo versus Car. Adokar, seven games, six tries, <laughs> zero try assists. Uh, 23 tackle breaks, four line breaks, 85% tackles efficiency, 116 average metres. Sorry, I think Cobbo will be on the right, actually. I've got Cobbo right. Yeah, I think he'll be on the right. Cobbo right and Toe yes, left. Okay, yep. so we'll do Adokar versus Tualangi. So Tualangi, 10 games, two tries, one try assist, 16 tackle breaks, nine line breaks, 72% tackle efficiency, 141 metres. Uh, I've got to say, it's been. A, I actually thought Tuolangi has played less games than that. Uh, and that's no disrespect to Tuolangi. I actually think he's been quiet this year. Ado Carr, we all know what he can do at the origin level. How, how do you see this uh, battle playing? Yeah, yeah I, I think with Murray, first of all, like, I'm the same. I, I didn't expect him to play 10 games. I think he has been quiet. But I also think, like, when you're not a winger like Brian Tyler that's known for running for 220 metres, and he's, he's not that sort of a winger, and that's okay. When your team's going as poorly and they're as dysfunctional as the Cowboys. Mm. I don't know, it can be hard to judge. And to be honest with you, I probably haven't watched him as intently as Billy Slater has to know where his form is at exactly, mm. uh, just because the Cowboys have been going so poorly. But I, we'll get to the centre <coughs> soon. I still would have picked Angago. I didn't have Murray Tulangi in my side. It's a huge opportunity for him to be one of those typical Queensland selections where a lot of people would have said, oh, he's a bit too quiet to be in there. And then he goes to origin and he absolutely kills, kills. it. Because... It's, it feels like forever ago, but he was in the World Cup squad. That's how good he was last year. And his finishing ability, if you, again, we talk about Reese Walsh and they're creating space and there's no space in origin. 
Finishing wise, he's one of the best finishers in the game, if not arguably the best finisher in the game. You go back and watch Tuolangi's highlights, some of his finishes are out of this world. And maybe Billy Slater is going the route of, I just need, you're big enough to do the big carries, but also that just someone can almost guarantee a finish if there's a millimetre of space there. And so maybe that's what he's looking at with Tuolangi. To me? Yeah, I've actually got no reservations around Tuolangi being there. I think it's fine and... The reality is that the Cowboys have been terrible for the majority of this year. And when you're on a winger in a side that is struggling to go forward and getting beaten through the middle, there's not much you can do. You can't really have an impact on that game. You don't get put in try-scoring situations, and he hasn't. All right, sure, he could have been a bit better this year, but he's coming off a World Cup win on the wing for the Kangaroos. He'll slot into a Queensland team that will go forward. He'll... He'll get his opportunities. It'll be half a sniff, and I think there's there aren't too many better players that you'd give to, to finish off there. Statistically speaking, I think the thing that stands out for me most is that despite playing a pretty ordinary Cowboys side this year, he's averaging 141 metres. Mm-hmm. It's pretty solid. And nine like, line breaks. And, and nine line breaks. So, yeah, not getting the tries, not the best stats, but I think he'll come in into a, real, a gun Queensland side and he'll be fine, and yeah, I don't think there's any query around that for me. And in his defence as well, <laughs> I think it's something we've spoken about all year that we hate the way the Cowboys are using the left edge. Mm-hmm. Val Holmes constantly being yeah. run that over. Like it, just, it hasn't made sense to me all year anyway. Val runs that hard line and even when they do hit Val it's he's just running this rock hard line where mm. he's not really looking to catch and tip on and beat him he just runs hard yeah so Tolangi said the opportunities haven't been there and so Holmes has been moved to the other side though which is really really interesting why you Very wouldn't strange. keep Holmes yeah. and Tolangi together uh but we'll get to that uh now onto the Fox I mean what is what else is there to say like just like Tedesco, he has been <coughs> super consistent at origin level. We were shocked when he wasn't in the side last year. And the Fox with a point to prove is a scary winger. One of the best wingers in the history of the game, in my opinion. The energy he was bringing to training the other day. Mm. Like, oh, I've never spent any time with Fox. Mm. But you always hear about how loud he is and everything he is. He did not shut up mm-hmm. the enti- in the most positive way possible, yeah. I mean. Yeah. I could not believe the energy he had throughout the entire session. It was like the energy he had about the most minor things that were happening. And you can tell it's infectious. Yeah, Other guys were just getting around him mm. so much. It was unreal. He was having banter with them the entire time. And, you know, Freddie would say, go to this corner. And he'd run there screaming. And it just it just turns the entire tone of yeah. what's going on, you know. And I and I was looking at them, and you know the, the Panthers boys like they enjoy themselves and everything, but they don't bring what Fox has, and we would have missed it so much last year. I think mm-hmm. I'd well, love to talk yeah. to the people in the camp and get their impression of. And you know that's what we see out in the field when there's a crowd there. Imagine what he's like around the hotel room, or, mm. you know, all that sort of stuff. I yeah, I, I love everything about Fox. I I could understand Freddie not picking him last year. I got it wrong one hundred percent. I'm glad he's back in there. Yeah, it's that it, you cannot express how important that intangible off-field quality that a guy like Fox brings, like the confidence, the energy heading into a game. Some, you know, I've spoken to, I guess, some people from the Origin camp last year. They did feel it was a bit subdued, a bit um, not as, I guess, energetic as the 2021 one, which is it's easy to say now, look back on hindsight and be like, oh, here's a problem, here's a problem. Like, I think even though I personally would have chosen Fox, any reasonable person could understand why Teddy asked why Freddie made the decision to go other players. Even if you disagree with it, you could be like, look, I get it, big body, a lot of metres, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's much like um, <coughs> Fox to the Blues, guru to this panel. <laughs> he might have shit takes. <laughs> he might know a lot about footy. 
But he's a good bloke. He brings energy to the bar. He brings energy to the show. And lightning it's intangible. <laughs> and lightning quick. Yeah, and, yeah, lightning, you know, it's more than you see on face value. You are the fox of the panel. We wouldn't be what we are, Campy, without Guru's Absolutely. energy. No, I'm well aware. Don't worry. Uh, what I did notice the other day, though, at Blue's training was as soon as Payne Haas went down, Maddie, did you notice it? Josh Adokar almost took it upon himself to get louder mm. and to be bouncing around more because you could yeah. tell there was a moment like, oh, shit, mm. have we just lost our best front row forward? Mm. And he went to another level of skin. It's like, it's like he could sense what was happening in the room and knew that he could turn the gear up. Yeah, he's just it's so important. And, we, I mean, we don't need to speak about, like, look how well he played for Australia. Yeah, He was unbelievable for Australia. And, again, it's, I feel like it's going to be the theme of the, the bloody show, but it's Origin is about these small spaces that don't usually exist. Like big spacing exists in NRL games because the standard isn't high. Origin is all about the little moments, just the tiny moments adding up to big moments. And Fox takes those little moments and then turns them into big ones. Um, so I can't wait to see that. Well, when we sat here last week, the teams had just come out and I was a little bit, I think I was just disappointed for Campbell Graham that he, he didn't get picked in the starting side. And I saw, I think I'm, I can't remember, but I think I sort of leaned towards saying, yeah, I think Campbell Graham probably should have got that wing spot. The more I've looked into it, I'm more than happy Josh Adokar's there. And and I think, you know, we'll get into the game plans and strategy and that more and more, but I just think the Blues are going to try and emulate that 2021. Mm. I think they'll try and emulate that, the Manly Seagulls style attack where they play expansively, they give early ball, early spreads out of their own half. And that's where Fox's speed comes in. Mm. As you said, Kempi, give him an inch and he's gone mm. and away and probably scores. Yeah. And I think that will be a lot of our game plan and that's where you have Fox over Campbell Graham. So I'm, I'm really happy with the auto car selection now. And I, I'm stoked that he's there. To'o versus Cobo. To'o, 11 games, five tries, mm. one try, assist, 38 tackle breaks, seven line breaks, tackle efficiency, 86%, averaging 203 metres. Insane. Um, Cobo, 12 games, 9 tries, 0 try assists, 53 tackle breaks, four line, um, 50, 7 line breaks, 87% tackles, and 163 average metres. I mean, those stats from Cobo are pretty bloody amazing. They're very impressive, aren't they? To think that he has 53 tackle breaks compared to 38 of a total is pretty... <laughs> Pretty incredible. Nine tries compared to five. Um, I guess the argument, they've got equal uh, line breaks. Obviously, To'o beats him in metres gained. The argument could be if you checked Cobbo's error rate, it would probably be substantially more than To'o, but can you please check that for me, Matty? But I love the fact that we're going into a game with To'o, <coughs> best ring in the comp probably right now. Yep. And yet, from a Queensland perspective... I think Cobbo's ceiling is probably higher. Yeah, you, you said before if you were to do an error count, you know, Brian Toto would win that. But if there was a stat for just Something doing happening. shit that you can't coach, mm. Cobbo wins. Uh, as I said, we are up at Magic Ground the other day and he, he took an intercept that I, I'm not sure if anyone else in the comp would have taken that <coughs> intercept. It's crazy. Like it was going into the crowd. He managed to run it down in the air, get it, and then take it the distance. Uh, yeah, so Cobbo's got the most errors in the NRL with 22 and Toto's on nine. Yeah, so that's that is the risk you play. That's the gamble. And then what? Walsh is like second or third, isn't he, Maddie? Walsh is equal third. Yeah. So like that's the scary bit is like errors can absolutely kill you in Origin, but 
also you can have these crazy moments and it's just uh it's why the broncos when they click into gear they're the most exciting team ever to watch because they just go crazy and mm. you're going what? this is <clears throat> so unorthodox yeah and you talk about those moments i mean uh, like but where we were sitting for game one last year watching selwyn go down the sideline and drop it on his toe <laughs> like at full pace with the size he is to put in a little deaf kick like that <laughs> Like he he couldn't have if he had another million shots of that he couldn't have got it more right than mm. what he did in that moment. That's what Origins about getting it right in that moment. Yep. Um, but in in regards to game plan, I actually think they'll probably play a similar role. Like I think Cobo will be relied on to take a lot of the tough carries for the back three because he's the big boy in the back three. Well, Toalangi is is big too, but I think Cobo is probably they're going to need he's him. He's the yardage man. Yeah. He's yeah exactly. He's going to be what Toa is too. And New South Wales. You're not going to kick to either of these two. No. And also that's where having a, uh, you know, between Tualangi and, and Walsh, a bit smaller in the back three, mm. it's where Val will come in as well. He'll run for 200 metres yeah. and be so big for yardage. Yeah, absolutely. Now onto the centres. <coughs> Crichton and Turbo versus Val and Hamiso. So it'll essentially be Crichton up against Val, we think, because that, now that may change because Latrell is no longer there. So maybe they go, mm. let's put Hamiso on um, Critter and let's put Holmes. Because my thinking is they moved Holmes to do a job on Trell, to try to do a job on Trell. I think you're right. Because I was surprised when you boys said, yeah, that they were actually on opposite edges, but a, a big part of that must have been the Trell matchup. And, well, it's, it, it could be the opposite, though, because Hamiso did do a job on Tommy Trevojevic mm. in his debut. So maybe that's why he got moved, because Hamiso to Mark Tommy. Do you, do you think Slater's picking his teams based on the New South Wales side, though? I'm not sure if he would be. Oh, uh, I, I think we'd have some say. Yeah. I think we'd have some say. Especially with those two players, Troll yeah. and Tommy. They're too good to ignore and just go, no, no, we're just worried about our that, game. That, that Trell, I mean, it's redundant now while he's not playing, but the Trell on Hamiso, I know he did a job on Turbo, but mm. that was like the match-up to target for the New South Wales Blues. So yeah. I could see why they flipped that around. Mm. But yeah, and I know it's not going to happen now either. But <clears throat> I think at the same time, it, it would have. I think Queensland would have been excited for that matchup. Getting it like the way that Latrell moves mm-hmm. laterally to have Reese Walsh and to have Hamiso coming down that edge. If you put him in the right spots, that 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 was a spot that I was worried about. Yeah, and I, I thought it had more to do with putting Hamiso on Latrell <clears throat> for his sheer pace to try and beat them that way. But they ended up there, so they put Holmes on Latrell. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder if they make that move and they pull Holmes across to Tommy and they put Hamiso on Critter. Because as much as you're screwing up how you've been training, you're putting guys on there better. Like you're yeah. putting Val on his edge. On his edge, yeah. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see how they run out. Really interesting. Okay, so well, as for now, we'll say Critter versus Val. Critter, 11 games, 6 tries. 3 try assists, 35 tackle breaks, 4 line breaks, 89% tackle efficiency, 121 metres. Val, 12 games, Three tries, three try assists, 53 tackle breaks, six line breaks, 77% tackle efficiency, 170 average metres. Um, look, it's, I think that Critter's defence is outstanding at 89% for a centre. Uh, but you'd have to say Val in a team that's going that poorly is probably, I guess, he can step up even more when he gets around mm. a good team. So you may see... An even bigger jump. I mean, we saw it like when he, we saw him when he played last year, and and then whenever he does play Origin. Um, but this is a matchup that went from, oh my God, Latrell Mitchell, Latrell Mitchell to, 
oh my God, we actually, there's a chance. Now, Critter could win the battle, but there's a chance that Val may win the battle. Isn't it amazing what we've got four centres there in origin, if you include Latrell, who was the fifth. None of them are being picked in the position they play at Clubland or on the side they play in Clubland. <coughs> like even the centres are getting picked on the opposite side yeah. of what they usually play. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. That is weird. How do you see this battle playing out, Critter versus Val? I find Critter so hard to analyse what he's doing. Mm. I just, I, and, you know, as you said, his last four weeks have been amazing. Defensively before that, he was in a little bit of trouble. I, I don't know which which to focus too heavily on. I, do, you, do, you, do you think that Freddie's had a conversation with him in the last four weeks? Yeah, it sure. seems like a for sudden sure. thing that yeah. all of a sudden just changed. Um, his aggression went through the roof. Yeah, straight away. Line just, speed, yeah. shooting out, whacking blows. He stopped intercepting. Like, yeah. I haven't seen him go for an intercept for a while. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's a matchup I'm looking forward to. I, I wouldn't – I'd be playing Val on the left. I really would. I, 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 don't, I don't really get swapping them over. It doesn't make a heap of sense to me. As in you'd be playing him on Tommy? Yeah, I'd be playing him at left centre where he plays. Even though Hermiso did a good job on Tommy when he played in 2023 game th- 2021 game three? Yeah, no, there's that argument there. I, I just wouldn't be moving Val out. Like, instead of playing one guy out of position, you're playing two guys out of positions mm. now. Is, could he be playing out of position for club? Is there, a, yeah, is there thought a, about it from that angle? Yeah, yeah maybe. And maybe this is actually his preferred side. So if he's, so he's been moved to the left side, correct? Yep. So maybe he's, he's actually a left-hand carry, right-hand fan, maybe. Maybe. Or defensively, maybe he's a right, like he's a right shoulder is stronger and he'd rather defend... Where did which edge was Val on when he won the comp for the Sharkies? Was he was he left or right? Was he was he right I outside think he was right. I think he was right. And was he a wing? He was, I think he was, he was a wing. Yeah, yeah, I think he was right. Was Barber was, right. was at fullback. Yeah. Um, Do you remember who the other winger was? Fecky. Jared Bill. Fecky. Oh, Bill, come off the bench. <laughs> Soci- he did Soci- come off the bench that night, Bill. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, I can't wait for this matchup. Critter versus Val. Wow, wow. Dally M centers versus each other. That's exciting. I think. Both teams are going to really fancy their opportunities here. Mm. Val is, I think, the best, well, without doubt, the best defensive centre of those four. But as it stands, he's also on the right edge mm. of DC, Tommy Gilbert and Cobbo, where I think the Blues will fancy themselves. Mm. So they'll be going at him. You look at Tommy Turbo, completely playing out of position, was caught out a few times in the past, playing centre at origin level. Hamiso's playing out of position. What, very few footy, a little bit of footy at centre, but he's still out of position. Yeah. Critter, who we spoke about his defence at times. I think both sides will look at opportunities here and be, be throwing a lot of footy at these guys, getting them to make decisions. I'd actually, I reckon like New South Wales will probably be a little bit more confident because the form of Critter coming into this defensively has been outstanding, whereas Val Holmes' defence in his last game was like... You know, really, really he, not great. Val's D this season actually hasn't been that good by his standards, but you just know getting to origin, Val will be 100%. Very sweet. Mate, cannot wait for this battle. Now, the next battle. Turbo, 10 games, 8 tries. I mean, that... The fact that he has 8 tries, and we've been saying he's had a... Ter- like, not a terrible season, but a very quiet season for his standard. 8 tries, 7 tries, 37 tackles, 7 line breaks, 73% tackle efficiency, 191 metres. That is him on a one leg. And, you know, if someone said to you he's been terrible, it's probably not a hill I would die on to say don't call him terrible. Mm. You know, by his standards. By his standards. Yeah, by his standards. By normal fullback standards, he's been solid. These numbers are wild. To be fair, 
three tries, four try assists, 34 tackle breaks and six linebacks <laughs> against the Raiders last week. <laughs> so it's skewed a little bit. <laughs> Um, but it's still incredible. And that's what some people try to send – well, didn't try. They did send through. So they're like, well, statistically, he's actually doing better than X years. And this is such a perfect example of, like, stats aren't the be-all and end-all because anyone that watched Turbo play can can show that he's not at 100%. Obviously, against the Raiders, he was playing at 100%. He was unbelievable. Uh, but that's scary to think. If he is clicking in the gear now, and that's what he's done with one leg – what is he going to do with two legs? Well, that, that was – like me and Matty were talking the other day, watching him train and the way he was getting around, and we were just saying, if you had no idea what had happened in the last two months, you would think it was 2021 Turbo while yeah. we're standing in front of us. Yeah, wow. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the one – yeah. I, I'm just so glad we've got him. Seriously. Unbelievable. Um, all right, Hamiso. Now, these are fullback stats, so – and so is Tommy, so I guess it's an even comparison. 11 games, 10 tries, 3 tries, 42 tackle breaks, 5 line breaks, 87% tackle efficiency, 142 metres. Now, obviously Tommy has proven himself at Origin and he's a special, special player and you'd, you'd favour Tommy in this battle. But Hamisa has that magic about him. He does have magic and he's not a player that I look at and go, there is no way that he comes out of this battle on top. There is a small percentage of me that goes, maybe he does. Like, honestly, I reckon we haven't even seen Hamiso at full pace in the NRL. That's what it feels like. Mm. That we literally haven't seen him hit full pace. Um, now, you can see that as a bad thing or whatever. But what I'm saying is, is like, I still think there's another gear or two in Hamiso. Um, how do you see this battle playing out? Scares the shit out of me knowing that Hamiso is going to be on Munster's edge. <clears throat> that really, really worries me. Because they have magic. they just got this weird... You don't yeah. know. You don't know what's going to happen. Exactly right. And I also feel with Hamiso, like, you know, he's been incredible this year, but the reality is the halves he's been playing with has been a teenager mm. and a multitude of three or four other guys. Like, once he gets a genuine ball player like Munster on the big stages like this, we've seen what money can do in the Origin Arena. Oh, I'm very scared of Hamiso. And here's me six months ago saying, I don't even think he's a fullback. Mate, I was with you. Yeah. I didn't even know what position he was. And then he comes out... And is part of the one of the most... It's seriously one of the most incredible stories in rugby league. This Dolphins, we're living in it. And if they make the finals, we'll celebrate it. It won't be until five to six years' times when we look back and go, that was arguably one of the greatest things we've ever got to witness in rugby league. And he's been the focal point of it. Start of this season, I did not think there was a hope in hell he'd be playing Origin. Yeah, we have to think. And then six weeks ago, I'm arguing with him about why I think he should be in the side. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. It's incredible. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, firstly, I think he'll, with the way Queensland will play, it'll be like quite a high completion, high percentage type of mm. footy, the way they always do, through, through the middle, spend a bit of time roaming in around the ruck, just looking for a bit of second phase play, it'd make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Him and Rishi Walsh sniffing around the ruck. So, my question to you, Kempi, is a genuine question, I'm not entirely sure. How do you feel about him defensively coming into this game? He's played a bit of centre for the Cowboys and at club mm. level, not a lot was terrific in, in, what, one game there a couple of years ago and did a great job in Tommy, but it was one game. Mm. Are you nervous? Are you oh, semi-confident? Yeah. Sh- yeah. I'm definitely nervous about Hamiso and defence. But as I said, there are NRL players and then there's this step above NRL players. And I think Hamiso fits that category. And he may not have proven it over a long period of time yet, but it's like the point I was making in regards to, I didn't even think we've seen him hit top speed. And so when you... 
You know when you see, okay, you see a team and they've got a halfback or a six and they're just good solid sixes or sevens and then a veteran who everyone reckons their career is over, done, comes into that team. We've seen it with Chad Townsend. We've seen it with Adam Reynolds. Now, I'm not saying that they're on the same superstar level, maybe Adam Reynolds as Hamiso, uh, but there is this like levels within levels kind of thing and I think Hamiso fits on that pedigree of a super, super special player. And super special players step up to the moments. And so I I think Hamiso will step up to the moment. But I am nervous in regards to if he's marking Tommy because even the best centre in the game could have troubles with uh, with marking mm. Tom Drojevic. So the thing that, you know, worries me about Hamiso as a New South Wales fan is that, you know, he's had the last 20 weeks getting backed in completely by Wayne Bennett. And then Billy Slater rings him and says, I'm picking you over Dane Gagai. Like his confidence would just be sky high at the moment. And I agree with you. He doesn't have the resume to back up that he's an origin player, but I get very early vibes that he is. Mm. He just got that – there's something special about him. He just makes things happen. They just seem to happen around him. He seems to be in the right position. He seems to be faster than everyone. He seems to be able to handle the physicality of it all. Like, for example, if that wasn't a dead rubber and that was to win the series in Game 3, 2021 – We'd be talking about it as one of the best debuts ever. Mm. If he, let's say the game was 1 1, Tommy still had the same series that he had, and then he shut down Tommy in that last game, we'd be talking Hamiso like. But it was because it's a dead rubber, so no one really yeah. remembers it. Well, how are Hamiso's stocks going to go if we're sitting here in six, eight weeks at the end of the series? <sighs> and he went from last season being unable to crack an NRL starting 13, and, you know, that was circumstances. Drinker was killing it at fullback. There was a spot for him, whatever. Really good Cowboys team that just weren't losing. Mm. And he comes in now. Kills it at the Dolphins at fullback. If he comes in, Queensland wins the series and he's done a job on Tommy Chaboyevich at centre, his stocks will be like, just as you said, yeah, this bloke is unbelievable. Yeah. I also think that, especially now with Latrell, <clears throat> like I think, like I'm imagining Hamiso marking Tommy Turbo for 80 minutes, which, you know, technically <clears throat> he will be, but like I wonder how much time Turbo is going to spend sitting at right centre, going one on one. Especially with Trell out. Especially with Trell out now. I think he'll be roaming. A lot more than mm. what we're anticipating. Uh, we'll talk about Turbo. We've already spoken about it a little bit, but yes, I'm nervous about Turbo. Mm. I am super nervous about Turbo. This is a guy that has been a lot of negative chat around him this year, a lot of doubting. The last thing you want to do as an opposition fan is doubt a superstar like Tom Dravojevic because that gives them fire. They've already, they've already experienced everything, maybe outside of a premiership win. He's already done everything at Origin. He's played for his country. Sometimes if you give them a reason to be great, they go and do just that. And Turbo has every reason to go out and be great. And that fucking scares me. The highlight of my week so far has been watching Turbo through social media, hanging out with the guys, playing the music and dancing and singing. Turbo's just like, I just want to play footy. Mm. I just want to rip and tear on Wednesday night. I don't, I don't want anything in between. I, I, I find it so entertaining to watch him just navigate his way through this squad. That's a lot of high energy, high energy guys that we need it. But he's just there for business, isn't he, Turbo? Oh, mate. If, I mean, if he didn't have a fire in his belly two years ago... Imagine the fire in his belly now. <laughs> All the doubters, everyone saying he's done. And we also doubt, I mean, I'll speak for me, I won't speak for you boys, but I doubted whether he should be selected. Um, now, I always just wanted one good game out of him, but I doubted whether he should get more time to get his body right or whatever. So even people that are number one fans of Tom Trevojevic and think he is incredible on the field and off the field had doubts. He's heading into this origin with the biggest chip on his shoulder 
and the most talent. It is the worst mixture that you can have as an opposition. I wouldn't have picked him three weeks ago. <clears throat> happy to admit it. And I look back now and go, what on earth were you talking about? And you well, know, you're basing it on fitness levels, and it wasn't there on, on what we saw. Yeah, and you know, and like there's been a lot of chat around Turbo. Is he carrying an injury? What's going on? And you know, there's been a little bit of chat that he has just changed the way that he's been running and whatnot. And watching him train the other day and watching him against Canberra, I wonder if he's just gone. Fuck it. I'm just going all in again. It's oh, only, yeah. I, I wonder if he's been injured or if he's been holding himself back. I reckon he's been holding himself back. Yeah. And then I, I reckon that he's had a conversation with whoever and said, I'm, I just can't play like this anymore. I yeah. can't do this anymore. It's not happy. It's not fun. I don't enjoy it. If it's going to go, it's going to go. So just give me the chance to go out on my own terms rather than this weird middle ground where everyone's talking about, talking about my injuries and whether I'm 80% or 100%. How do you see Tommy... Uh, impact the game, Timmy? Yeah, well, for anyone who listens to me on this podcast and gets sick of me talking about roaming centres, it all stems back to Tommy Chaboy, his 2021 origin, playing centre and the way he just jumps around the park. Mm. And it just makes me so happy. And I thought I thought that had reinvented the wheel in the way that I thought probably coaches would have taken upon him more to get centres doing this. And it's happened in uh, bits and pieces in the NRL and we see it from time to time. And I think when we do, it's very effective. But... Tommy Turbo at centre, the way he plays that role that I've never seen anyone else play it in my life, mm. it's something to behold. And it's been a few years since we have seen it. I can't wait. It's like you don't stick on the edge, mate. You're, you're essentially a second fullback playing centre. You pop up wherever you want, whenever you want. And it, yeah, it must be terrifying for you because Jesus oh, excites me. I can just see him. I just, you know, a couple of tired forwards, a couple of lazy efforts, and boom, he's straight yep. through. And then you're just like, fuck, there goes the game. The game, you know, Two tries in the space of 10 minutes or something like that, and you're going, oh, my God. Well, they're, they're him and Teddy, like we saw last in 2021, them two roaming around the right. There's half a sniff, someone goes through, Teddy gets the line break, Turbo's backing up. Yeah, and you're just going far out. Yeah. Like, it's just almost impossible to stop. I mean, 2021, Teddy took the first hit up, Tom took the second one, and I think <laughs> Teddy took the third. And they, I think Tom Trubojevic bumped Tino Fossil with Malawi. And so you're like, how is that even fair? How is that fair? <laughs> a dude that big and fast can bump our biggest player it's just, yeah, oh. anyway, it's scary, scary stuff. Now onto the 5.8s. Loi, 11 games, one try, four line breaks, one force dropout, six try assists, eight line break assists, 92% tackle efficiency, 94 average metres. Munster, nine games, six tries, eight line breaks, three force dropouts, five try assists, two line break assists, 84% tackle, 133 average metres. I will say none of those uh, stats really surprised me that much except for the 92% tackle efficiency. That is actually really, really impressive. Mm. And probably a part of Luai's game that clearly doesn't get enough appreciation. Completely agree. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think defensively he's a very good 5'8". Um, isn't it funny with Munster? Like, I, I just, I don't even care what those... Not, I didn't his stats are irrelevant. Numbers. I don't I really care. Are. I yeah. couldn't care less mm. what his stats are. It doesn't matter. He's an origin player. He's just born to play in this arena. Mm. This is this is the one look the 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 positive for New South Wales in this situation is you don't need Luai to be the man. Yep. You don't need him yep. to do what Munster does. You've got enough guys, key players in key positions. So it's a bit of a strange matchup because on the flip side, Queensland need Munster to be the man. Now that's a, that's a, that's under the impression that we don't know what's hap gonna happen with Reese Walsh. Now Reese Walsh could come out and become the man, but right now if there's one guy Queensland need to be the man, it's Munster. And so these two comparing, they're just not the same 
they don't play the same roles in their side, so it's very hard to compare like a versus battle. It's almost it's almost better off to compare. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, it's just hard because like DC versus Cleary does make sense, but the Munster Luai, it, they just play such different roles. You could have deleted all those stats and under Luai written Cleary's halves partner, mm. and under Munster just written Origin player mm. would have made more sense. Like, You're talking about just, them as isolated players yeah. as opposed to comparisons and how they fit into their side. In their side, the role that they play. You know, New South Wales don't need Luai. I mean, it would be great if he comes out and become, has this huge origin moment, and that's bloody awesome. But I just don't think that that's the style of footy that they play. I don't think that's the point. That's not the tip of the spear for them. The tip of the spear is Teddy, Tommy, Cleary to a degree, um, whereas Munster has to be the tip of the spear at the Which moment. Which, realistically, like, that, that's Jerome Luai's position at club level too. For sure. Yeah, like he he's a role player. You look, he's not a role player, but like he, they constantly change around who is on that left edge, and he just makes it work with mm. whatever he's given. And it's the Clearies, the Yos, the Edwards that we're always going to talk about. The Tyers, mm. these sort of guys. I, I think the, the biggest thing for me about Luai, and we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. Like him, don't like him, whatever. He's a winner. Mm. He wins time and time again. Mm. Yeah, the biggest part around Luai, where sort of spoke a bit about it. I'm like, oh, I'd probably would have lent towards going Nico Hines at 5'8", but when all the press was on Nico to 5'8 for the Blues and Luai, you know, has he done enough to get picked or not? Probably not this season. And then the two, three games leading to Origin, it, pff, bullshit, that's my spot. And he mm. stood up and was outstanding for the Panthers. Mm. And that's what you want to see. You want to see your incumbent go, no, 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 like you're going to have to do more than that to, to take my spot there. Mm. And as Guru said, he stepped up time and time again at finals football for the Panthers. Did it at the World Cup for Samoa. He's been solid enough in the Origin Arena. So it's like, he, the more you look at it, he deserves his, his crack. And I think it's really unfair with a guy like Jerome Law. And I think he's the main one that all of a sudden 2021 didn't happen or it didn't exist yeah. or it doesn't count. <laughs> it was his, his debut record. year. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, they won by a lot. But I'll give you the hot tip. Halves play a role in teams winning by a lot. Well, I think he had two tries when was the last time you heard someone talk about mm, it? I know. It's weird how we just put a line through 2021, rules, whatever. Both teams are playing under the same rules. Well, everyone talks about 2020 because of the loss and like, oh, worst team in 40 years, blah, blah, blah. But no one talks about the following year of the record win. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is, yeah. It's very strange that people forget that, you know, Luai was a part of that. Um, Munster is in such an interesting position because he is – now, maybe he already was this to the – the real nitty-gritty rugby league fan. He was already a big game player. But now, Munster is considered a big game player to anyone that watches rugby league. That is a lot of expectation. And that is in the same... He has the same amount of expectation, or not as the same amount, but uh, it is comparable to, like, Cam Smith, Thurston, Lockie, because when they were coming through, everyone was like, Cam Smith, you better fucking play. Like, Queensland was like, it's your job to get us the win. Uh, Jonathan Thurston, it is your job to get us win. Darren Locker, it is your job. Munster is that guy now. It is his job to get <coughs> Queensland the win, and he couldn't be any more different than those three blokes. Like Thurston, Lockie, Smithy, they're just they're different characters. So it is going to be interesting. I do think this is the first origin he's going into. Maybe last year's you could say he went into as well, but it, like this is like truly he must play well, otherwise it's a bad game for him. Oh, I think last year he, he was in a pretty similar boat, mm. and I agree with you. Like, <laughs> He is that guy, whether he wants to be or not. I personally think he does want to be. I mm. think he loves being that guy, mm. but he's got no choice. He has to be that guy. He has to be. Rounds. He has to be. Um, yeah, can't wait, can't wait. Now, Cleary versus DCE. 
So Cleary actually came out this uh, – DC came out and said, I'm not proud enough to – I'm not too proud to admit that it is Cleary's Australian jersey, but I would love to get it back, um, which I, I just – I love the honesty. I just love <laughs> the honesty. Uh, but Cleary, 11 games, three tries, four line breaks, 11 force dropouts, six try assists, seven line break assists, 89% tackle efficiency, 132 average metres. DCE, 11 games, five tries, one line break, seven force dropouts, nine try assists, six line break assists, 91% tackle efficiency, 87 average metres. Uh, just, I think that DCE and Cleary, like statistically, it's not irrelevant, but it's just they're halves. Very <laughs> Halves do things that can't really be measured. So they, they are the key of leading their team around. Like, how do you measure field position? How do you measure setting up for a shot that, in, you know what I mean? You can't measure that. But I will say in this battle, I think Cleary is, we talk about chips on our shoulder. I think he is not furious, but he is going in this game going, never again am I getting outplayed by DCE. Mm. I genuinely think he feels like, never again am I going to let what happened in 2022 and 2020 by DCE, uh, I need to become the best seven in origin. And it's not like DCE outplayed him because he's a better footballer. He's got more talent. It was just between the years. It was knowing to kick early, knowing when to kick to spot. All those little things that, as you said, you don't have a stat for that stuff. You just don't. Just turning them around, (laughs) leading your kick chase, and just getting there. Whereas, you know, Nate's got... Just all the ability you could possibly like. I, I like even when you look at those stats. Like the one thing that you know stands out for me is the eighty-nine percent tackle efficiency. DC has got ninety-one. The difference is when DC misses a tackle, it doesn't go down as a missed. Mm. Whereas Nath, he just I think he's one of the best defensive halves we've ever seen. Mate, he jams blokes. Jams them. He doesn't make poor decisions. Mm. I, I think that, and I, I think to be fair to DC, I think he, he has been better this year mm. than what he has been. In, like I remember sitting here game one last year, going beautiful. We're just we're going to go with DC all day. Yeah. I feel like he has been better this year, but I think that, <laughs> that that tackle efficiency between the two of them is very misleading. Yeah, and for people listening, on what do you mean by that? It means like if you just completely miss the tackle, it doesn't. It doesn't really. You don't miss the tackle. So if they just go straight through the line and you don't touch them, it doesn't count as a missed tackle. It's more yeah. falling off things. And there would also be a lot of missed tackles that should go to DCA that normally fall the way of Olakuatu, Kola, those mm. sort of guys. Um, I think he's been much better this year, DCA. I think he's really – it's probably like the one part of his game that he's really improved over the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Because there's a period there where I, I did feel defensively he was – I wouldn't say a liability, but he was, it was a concern, that edge. I will say, though, with the edge that they look like they're running out, which is DCE, Holmes, Gilbert, Gilbert, Tuolangi. Cobo. Uh, Cobo, sorry. Cobo does have a, <laughs> does have a brain explosion in him. Uh, Gilbert, yes, he played Origin at, you know, uh, on the edge, but for club he's played 13. Uh, that is... That's probably the side they're going to be coming at. And that's, I think, as well, as we're talking about with DC and his defence, I think that it could prove to be an issue because he does defend differently to other halves in this competition. Mm. He is, and that's right, I think if if Felice Cavusi was available, at least you would have the guy there that has been there before and understands what he's like defensively. Mm. That's right, I think it is going to be a big test that you've got a couple of guys that haven't really defended together Mm. before. Yeah. uh, Coming up against, you know, your Jerome Lewis, your Critters, these sort of guys. Hudson Young, who's got attacking upside as well. Yeah, it'll be a challenge. Big, big challenge. I think from a New South Wales perspective... 
Cleary, watching that game against the Broncos, it must just make you so excited. The fact that just before Origin, you could see a game where his normal game plan got shut down. Mid-game, he just completely changed the way he played. He went ended up running for 27 runs over 200 metres. Like that, that is the... Uh, that's the boon you get from experience. Like playing more rugby league and understanding that, okay, if your game plan isn't going well or they're getting shut, they know what's going on, they're shutting it down, you need a plan B, you need a plan C. And I think that Cleary coming into this year, he has plan B, C, whatever. He's got as many plans as you need to get it done. And that's what I, what's scary with Cleary this it's year. It's interesting that that game against the Broncos you're talking about, like... Mosley Otter dropped a ball over the line that Cleary would put him over for. Mitch Kenny dropped a ball that he would have put him over for. All of a sudden, if he would have finished that game with another two tries to his name, as much stupid as it sounds, another 60 super coach points next mm. to his name, we're all talking about him a lot more. Mm. Like, I, I thought that, that game against the Broncos was like a 9, 10 out of 10 performance mm. for him. So good. But other guys just let him down slightly in key moments that I think it didn't get as much hype off the back of it as it mm. should. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, you... He, I just loved the fact that not only did he have those, you know, moments that were drop balls or whatever in regards to other people dropping his tries, just the fact that he completely changed the way he played. And yeah. if you go back and watch that 2020 grand final against the Storm, they just rattled him. Yep. Like, it was a, a Cam Smith special. Like, you know, we've been around for a while. We know how to rattle young young halves. We have a similar-ish half in Cooper Cronk, so we know what upsets him. It's taking game plans out of his hands. But I just think that this version of Cleary, he's ready for nearly anything. Which is exactly what DCE's done the last two years. He's mm. gone, sweet, I'm not going to let you get comfortable. Mm. I'm going to kick over your head every single time. You're going to be on the back foot all day. Yeah. And I'm not going to get you the field position, the rhythm, because that Penrith game is all just about rhythm. It's yeah. just all I'll kick about... on third. That's fine with me. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, what do you reckon, Timmy? Yeah, it's... That's where these two will be measured, boys, is the, the kicking game, won't mm. it? T- two blokes who will do the vast majority of the kicking for their sides. Two blokes who have won countless games of footy at all levels over the years off their own boot. So when we come out of this series, when we will come out of the series saying who had the better kicking game, there's every chance that whoever the answer to that is, their side's won the, comp- the, the series. So, it, again, like those two, they could you get to the end of the series going haven't scored a try, you know, it actually wasn't a try assist. Mm. But if they've been dominant with the boot, both long and short kicking, mm. uh, that'll tell the story. Yeah, it's, uh, oh man, I can't wait for this. What a what an interesting, you've got this young fellow that's got all these accolades that's waiting for his origin moment. And then you've got the older guy who, it's almost his redemption arc to a degree in origin, you know, made it into origin, got dropped from origin, has come back, has won the hearts back of Queenslanders, you know, the... For, for many a year, Queenslanders were off him because of the Titan situation or whatever. And yet, after the 2020 and 2022 series, a lot of Queenslanders, you know, have. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. They love DCE now. They love DCE. So it's such a, uh, I guess, a different path that both players are taking. I'll just say this too. You mentioned, uh, and so Tim, about how like their kicking games will define them. 
Just keep in mind, this game's played at um, Adelaide Oval. Mm. Yeah. Now, we know, you know, history tells us that when you play on fields like this, because it's not a square stadium, it changes the dimensions a little bit. It can quite often really <laughs> test kickers, games mm. you've seen at the SCG. And even at the SCG, when you go, like you say, you go and watch games at the SCG that were played the last two years, and quite often it's away teams that come there, and their kicking game can really struggle on those fields. Now, um, the Blues trained at um, out there at Homebush on Sunday night. I imagine they're arriving in Adelaide today. So they're not going to get a stack of time down there as well. It's, it's something that I've noticed over the years that kickers can really struggle sometimes on fields like this because mm. it changes the dimensions of everything. Mm. Yeah. I, and also, Matty Johns reckons that it's just a different environment there. Like, mm. it's, a, it's a very slippery kind of ball. So it's going to be interesting to see how it affects the kicking as well. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.